Section 16 of the American Bee Journal, Volume 17, Number 12, March 23, 1881. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Harvey. The American Bee Journal, Volume 17, Number 12, March 23, 1881. Selections from our Letterbox, Part 4. The Best Honey for Winter. By this time, I presume all the readers of the Bee Journal know that the winter has been quite severe, about as destructive to the older people as to bees. Bella Lincoln, the oldest beekeeper in this section of the country, died this winter, and since then nearly all of his 100 colonies of bees have also died. My 60 colonies are in the cellar with chaff over the frames. Some are dead and the entrances to others are soiled, indicating dysentery. Several which had sealed honey stored in the summer are all right. Some worked on a cider mill, but if they have good sealed honey, I do not think it makes so much difference about the kind of winter. I like the weekly bee journal because it enthuses me every time I read it. In any kind of business, one needs some enthusiasm at least once a week. C. F. Smith, Jr., Vandalia, Michigan, March 12, 1881. Carrying in Pollen My five colonies of bees wintered well on summer stands in double-walled Langstroth hives. They are carrying in dark pollen today. I think they get it from the maple. H. H. Littell, Louisville, Kentucky, March 5, 1881 chaff packing of bees triumphant the winter has been a severe one everywhere since the first of november until the first days of this month my bees had not had a flight i live in a very high altitude about the highest good land in the state the winter begins early and lasts long we have an abundance of snow now and it is blustering wildly today i despaired of seeing my bees come out alive they were covered solidly with snow for three months, only the tops of the hives being visible. At last the weather softened, and I dug away the snow. The next day or two the sun came out warmly, and my bees began to fly. And greatly to my happy disappointment, they are all alive, all that I had out on the summer stands. One only was dull, which I examined and found enfeebled with dysentery, arising from the feed I gave them in the fall. All others were strong. Just 122 days had intervened between the flights. The sick colony has since died, but the others are in the best condition. This success is a tribute to the chaff-packing hive. Is there another record of 122 days confinement and yet come out strong? W.S. Blaisdell, Randolph, Vermont, March 11, 1881 look out for the robbers. We have had a very hard winter on bees in this section of the country. Bees that were not properly packed for winter are nearly all dead, while those that were properly packed are nearly all in good condition. We are having good weather now, and the bees are flying nicely. Those having weak colonies and hives of combs without bees will have to look out for robbers and keep their small colonies crowded upon as few combs as they can, 
keeping the entrance contracted so that only one or two bees can enter at one time. Hives in which the bees have died should be closed tightly. The weekly bee journal is a welcome visitor. I could not think of doing without it. J.A. Osborne, Rantoul, Illinois, March 17, 1881. Two-thirds of the bees have died. Over two-thirds of all the bees in this part of the state are now dead. I have met with a heavy loss on account of a cider mill that was within 80 rods of my apiary last fall. Hiram Roop, Carson City, Michigan, March 12, 1881. Bees in Good Condition We put out on the summer stands on the 9th and 10th of March 150 of our 200 colonies that we had in the cellars in good condition. These were the first days the bees could fly with safety since the 1st of November. We have 50 colonies more in one cellar, but as they seem to be doing well, we shall leave them in until it becomes settled weather. We left nine colonies on their summer stands, but the winter was so long and severe that we could not feed them, and three of them starved. Now we are busy transferring, that is shaking the bees off the combs, cleaning them off, and putting them into clean hives. If we find any not strong enough, we double them up. We consider ourselves nearly masters of the winter in question, as our real losses for the last ten years, we think, would not exceed six percent. In fact, we did not lose a colony in winter or spring until the number had reached about one hundred. The Bee Journal is a welcome weekly visitor. T.S. Bull and Son, Valparaiso, Indiana, March 15, 1881. Death Reigns Among the Bees Having made some inquiry concerning the bees within a radius of about two miles, I find some beekeepers, some who keep bees, and those that let the bees keep themselves. Mr. H. had three colonies, all are dead, Mr. L. had seven, one left. Mr. D. left his eleven colonies without protection and now has eleven empty hives for sale. Mr. B. let the winter's blast try his twenty colonies and now has twelve empty hives. Mr. F. packed thirty-seven in chaff and has eleven left. Mr. A. put up fifty-seven in complete order, but with all his precaution all are dead. Mr. B. put into winter quarters 73 colonies of fine Italians, 58 of them are dead. I packed in clover chaff 101 colonies, and 23 have gone the way of all the earth. My bees were confined in their hives from October 20th until March 6th. I packed 24 in Langstroth hives, with space the whole width of hive left open to give plenty of fresh air yet at the same time warm, with a due amount of packing, and in this lot have not lost one colony, and very few bees. But the end is not yet. Today I found young bees with brood in all stages. G. W. Naftsker, South Haven, Michigan, March 17, 1881. No loss in wintering. Nearly all the bees in this vicinity that were left to care for themselves are extinct. I had 14 colonies packed comfortably in chaff before the cold weather commenced, and have not lost any yet. I am highly pleased with the weekly bee journal and wish it great success. J.P. Moore, 
Morgan, Kentucky, March 14, 1881. Poor season, but fair profit. After selling my surplus colonies, I commenced the season of 1880 with 37 colonies in fair condition, increased by division and natural swarming to 63 and 12 nuclei. I reared 30 Cyprian and Italian queens, had 100 gallop frames of foundation drawn out, and extracted 400 pounds of honey. Estimating the increase at $6 per colony and deducting the expenses, my income for care and labor is $250, or about $6.50 for each colony in the spring. I put 75 colonies in fair condition, including the 12 nuclei, into winter quarters December 8th. Some were short of stores and all had poor honey. On March 1st, I found eight colonies and four nuclei dead. Four starved and eight died from the effect of poor honey and long confinement. More of them are diseased and must have a flight soon or die. With the loss of stock already mentioned and allowing for more to follow, the credit will be cut down to $3.50 per colony. The season has been the poorest I ever knew, but even $3.50 is a fair profit on the investment. White clover gave no honey, basswood lasted only 10 days, but yielded well. Had it lasted two weeks longer, I should have had an average yield of honey for the season. Without this flow of basswood honey, the bees must have been fed, but now they have enough stores to carry them through till spring. As the heavy snows have no doubt preserved the clover, the outlook for honey this summer is good. I hardly need say that I am pleased with the Weekly Bee Journal. T. E. Turner, Sussex, Wisconsin, March 1, 1881. Planting Buckwheat for a Honey Yield In answer to Mr. A. Hodges on page 78, I will say that buckwheat is a peculiar plant about yielding honey. I have never known it to fail here in yielding enough honey for the bees' winter stores, and usually very much more. In other localities in the same latitude, it cannot be relied on at all for a honey crop. It seems, however, that it never yields through the entire season in which it can be made to bloom. Quite a large amount of it is cultivated every season in my vicinity, much of it generally coming into full bloom as early as the middle of July, yet I have never known it to yield any honey earlier than the 1st of August, and very rarely before the 10th. But when it commences to yield honey, it does so profusely until the plant itself is ripe or killed by frost. I would say to Mr. Hodges, or anyone else intending the sowing of successive crops of buckwheat, that it is useless to sow any early in the season, to blossom before the 1st of August. I am intending to sow about 20 acres of it this season for my bees. I shall put the first crop of it in the ground about June 25th, the rest about July 10th. That from the last sowing will remain in bloom until frost comes, even if that is delayed later than ordinary. O. O. Poppleton, Williamstown, Iowa, March 9, 1881. End of section 16. Recording by Paul Harvey. End of the American Bee Journal. Volume 17, number 12, March 23, 1881.